Blade and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy hump day, everybody. What's going on? Is everybody over their blues from the Steelers game yet? Lucas, are you over your blues yet? Are you Are you feeling okay? I'm okay. Got a studio full of people in there pressing buttons. I don't know what this means. There's a lot of people looking at stuff. Do you get nervous when we, like, we're just in here talking and there's a bunch of people in the control room looking at stuff? That always makes me think something's going wrong. A lot of people looking at stuff makes me nervous. It, make, you, it, make, it makes you nervous. No, it I makes me just, super nervous. People looking at stuff because you grow up farming, and most of the time it's just you. But, See, it goes back to childhood, right? But something messes up, and it's like, why is everybody looking at that combine? What? Why is the guy in the you know the John Deere repair truck here? Why? Why is? Why are there two mechanics here? Why? I I just get nervous if there's a lot of people looking at stuff. I don't. I don't know if I uh, would use the term nervous. <laughs> I would say uh, I'm wondering what the heck is going on. <laughs> You know, so because guess what? I know I don't know how to fix anything back there. Zero percent chance. So if something goes wrong, eh, well, ain't nothing I can do for you. Well, I'll say (laughs) Mike Buckner and his engineering team at Cumulus here have been grinding over the last couple weeks with all this new equipment. They're fixing some stuff with the audio on the stream. So Mm -hmm. appreciate them, man. They have been very attentive over the last couple weeks without much sleep, I don't think. There are people behind the scenes here that are so smart. Keeping a radio station on the air is just an unbelievable task. And there's people smart enough in the building to do it. I am not those people. I could be replaced by a bird. I mean, I can talk, and birds can talk. I had this conversation (laughs) with my children the other day. You know, I said, you know, dad's employment is always tenuous because I could be replaced by a bird. I said, I don't know how to fix anything. I can't do math. I don't know how to do an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I mean, I'm unemployable in the real world. If the radio station ever fires me, I'm going to be on Skid Row. <laughs> I told this, my kids and I, I hope I they don't. They're, they're worried I'm about not, dad now. I'm like, I'm old. I'm trying to figure out which one of us uh, was the athlete now. <laughs> <laughs> you had real skills. You had skills, though. Hey, man. Like skills. You could run hey. fast and jump high no, and read hey, offensive man. formations. Hey, I, was, I was typing up papers, man, to get some skill set, man. <laughs> they're for real. All honesty. Can't do any of that. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, it's going to be somebody with some skills with this COVID uh, cancellation <laughs> of this Gator Bowl, right? <laughs> Somebody's going to have to have some skills. Who you calling? And Ghostbusters are not available. You know who's available? We were just trying to think of some teams, and they're talking about they're going after some five and seven teams. And I said, oh, man, most of most of those schools are, you know, let their kids go home and they're relaxing, so they're not going to be able to do it. But the team that will be able to do it, because when's the Gator Bowl? What day? Like a Saturday? New Year's Eve. Friday. Next Friday. Oh, Friday. They are definitely available. The Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I got y'all. Oh, Come on, man. They will be available. Come on, man. Did Trevor Lawrence ever play in the Gator Bowl? <laughs> well, he played in some big ones. He did. He, he did. That's a step down for that him. That rascal, he but, played uh, in some big games. Yeah, man. That's because this is going to be a tough one. So I think it was you or I think maybe Lucas said they're going to they're gonna wait for someone to after, you know, another cancellation game and maybe pick up the other team. But they're free because that's going to be tough. A lot of, you know, students are sitting at home on their couch and working out on their own or relaxing and everything else. So to bring them back, it's going to it's going to be tough unless the money. Yes, Lucas, I'm sure you know this, Mickey, the money, right? The money can get them off their couch and say, hey, we got to come back. You know, we got to work out. Yeah. Texas is five and seven. Oh, and yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Look at that there. Well, it goes to whoever has the best uh, APR, not annual percentage rate, but it's whoever who has the best grades. Yeah. That's the tiebreaker for the NCAA. So it's got to be out there somewhere. And this just happened before we went on the air. It would be whatever five and seven team has the best grades. Although 
there was a wasn't there one six and six team that got left out or two? Not that I can name nah. off the top of my I was, head. That was I, initially before they came up with all the bowls and where everybody was going. Not any Power 5 teams, oh, right? No, it's the no, no, like a MAC or a Sunbelt team, I yeah. was thinking. We're, we're always the front of the list, and, and Ball State will be in the Camellia Bowl this weekend. Thank you, 6-6. Six six. I've been to the Camellia Bowl before. Yeah, it's like okay. it's held in an army barracks. With a- <laughs> just, just stop. Just, just stop. Just. Oh, you know what? I think that's where I practice. I think that's where I practiced when I was in the Blue Gray game. In the army also, barracks? Yeah, yeah, the army barracks. Because I said it was a big field. And a cot and a bunk. It was a big field. And I kept on saying, man, dang, there's no lines on this field or anything. We were practicing. And, you know, you're just happy to be there, but you, you're still noticing what's going on around you. You're like, dang, man. I was so excited. I was just happy. Uh, I think Snyder was our coach there. From Bill Florida. Snyder. Hey, the Armed Forces Bowl is tonight. I don't know if they play in barracks, but it's Army and Mizzou. First <laughs> right. SEC bowl game. But. Mizzou players are, are no Tyler Beatty. Nope. Quarterbacks not playing. It, and that <laughs> rush defense against the triple option, it's going to be a bloodbath. Well, it shows that, you know, the importance of the, you know, these games to some of these schools, uh, doesn't really matter. Maybe it's more about, you know, some guys getting some experience to play. It just depends on your approach, but, uh, yeah, man, I'm interested to, to see if they still have the cement uh, stadium uh, seats. Yeah, at literally the, uh, at the Camellia Bowl, sitting on concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, you know, concrete gets cold, so you know it's tough, man. It doesn't move. No, it's unforgiving. It's, yeah, it's kind of like you know a back in the day high school, you know, stadium. So let me see if they <laughs> upgrade it. So, so Texas A&M out of the Gator Bowl, not enough players. I need to find. Yeah, well, all you got to do is look for the Jags. I'm telling you. <laughs> they are available on Friday. Think about this, they have though. A game on Sunday. You're a kid from Wake Forest. You just had the best season that Wake Forest has had, maybe ever. It's in the history, maybe. And and now and now you don't get to play a game. I mean, these kids. Watch this. I wonder if they already got their free gifts yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something. That's the first thing that's going to come to mind for some of these kids, man. Oh, let's see. Uh, who was five and seven? Florida State's five and seven. Syracuse. Now that's in the, both in the ACC. Ooh, so Florida that, State though. So they is, couldn't do it. Well, Tex- can't they? They can still do it. it Texas is five and seven. For, uh, TCU is five. It's, Lucas said Texas. TCU is five and seven. They probably had good grades. That's TCU. Oh well, my! Uh, Rutgers is five assumption, and seven. Assumption be just because it's a private school. <laughs> it's hard to get in. Uh, Oh, stop that. It's hard to get in there. It's got to be. Oh, Coach man. Mack went there. He knows how hard it is. All right, yeah, it's hard to get into Vanderbilt, but we've had some guys on there that didn't sound like they had the grades to get in there. So come on, man. Watch stop that. Now. Stop <laughs> that. Illinois 5-7. and seven. Oh, yeah. Uh, Florida Atlantic. Charlotte, get Will Healy down there. Get Will Healy oh, on the phone. Oh, you can just drive a bus there for Florida Atlantic. They did Gator Bowl. I'm just laying it out here. There's lots of options. Uh and the Gator Bowl is a is a sure payout bowl. We've had this discussion. Ooh. San Jose State five and seven, uh, Cal is five and seven. The Bears fly those rascals across the country. All right, that's a bunch of five and mm-hmm. seven teams. Uh, Troy in the Sun Belt's five and seven. Get Troy down there. No, no, no. <laughs> it's got to be a big name for five and seven. The Gator Bowl. It has to be a big TCU. Name there you go. Well, uh, Pete Thamels tweeted out minutes I would, ago. I would go Texas. In the quest to find a gatorable opponent for Wake Forest, one of the options being discussed is finding a team that's already played in a bowl game. They would need to get a waiver to play in another. What? They're going to exhaust. He's saying they're going to exhaust all options. They want this game to be played. 
You know why? Please, please. Because it's on TV. Money. Yes. Money. They want money. Off one of their best seasons in, in history. No, nobody cares about that. It's and a ten win this, is, this is a person in a TV office in New York saying, you better, by gosh, put somebody on that field to play Wake Forest. This is a, this is a, it's all a TV show. Yeah, that's why I went name yeah. in, in Texas, because it'll be Ooh. acceptable to have a 5-7 and seven team Texas. as long as it's a big name out there. We just saw uh, but this. But it shows you right Four now. Four and a half minutes. They're going down the road of the NFL right here. Going to make exceptions even though you're going to have to already play the bowl game? Really? Someone yep. said Jackson State. What? They got swamped by some 6-5 and five team in the – Classic game. Hey, they don't. They don't care about it. You play so many bowl games. They don't. We care. keep it moving, man. We gotta get this check, cha ching. TV money. Mm-hmm. TV money. We need the TV money. Doesn't even matter. That's, I, 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 just, I wish Ball State didn't get in the bowl game and they were six and six and they got to go play this Gator Bowl. <laughs> that would be a a quiz question or Arkansas State. You know, somebody like that. That would be awesome. Well, it's gonna have to be a team. I but mean, they were six and six, so they they were bow eligible. Maybe you missed out on a bow. So I, I tell you, who you could get because they're thirteenth ranked and they've already played as BYU. Now they got beat in Shreveport in a rainstorm. Sure they got is. beat. Why are you going to get another team? Most Kool-Aid of those weed whacker watch this. Most of those kids haven't even done anything since their bowl game. So you're going to come back now and practice? What's yeah. today? Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Asking for injuries. Yeah. At practice, even you didn't shut it down, man. You know this is that's a long season for these college kids, man. That's a tough one for me. Uh, <laughs> two bowl games, two flights. They two- better be offered of the school the money, and that's the only reason why this is going to happen. It, it, man, if I was a head coach, really in reality, I'd be like, I think we're opting out it's, of the be, second bowl game. Yeah, yeah, but if. I mean, but how does that go with an AD? What's the conversation going to be like? Uh, we, we need this moolah. Yeah, the AD is going to say, what's the payout for the Gator? Is it, oh, I, I saw this morning. It's in the millions. Um, now, you split some with your conference, I'm sure, and then you get a take home. But there are programs big enough that you're like, you know, it's $2 million. They'd be like, we got that in our couch. You know, a school like Tennessee, $2 million. Yeah, dude, we'll – we we sell that many hot dogs in the third quarter of a game day. Two million dollars. Stop that. Five point three million. Okay, five point three. That's from Ross Dellinger. He says five point. You said it's a New Year's Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. five point New Year's Eve Bowl. Yeah. So hey man, some people, some people are gonna be like, mm, I think we'd better take this one. School. Uh, uh, any any group of five school has to take that money. You have to. Any group of five schools, like, wait a second, uh, wait a second, and a group of five conferences, like, wait, wait, we get a cut of this too. Y'all need to pack up. Uh, what time are we meeting you at the bowl site? Take some pictures because you're going to be going. This is fascinating. Well, I'm this, sure you love this oh, right here. you know me. I love this stuff because <laughs> I picture myself in the room trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, I picture myself in the room like taking the phone call. What do we do next? Because I've been in the room t- taking not, not a phone call like this, but some other scenarios. Mm. Like, oh, oh, oh. It's fascinating to me. But that's my question. So if this happened to Arkansas State, Arkansas State would be calling all over the place, right? When Terry Mahodger was the athletic director, he would have already called the Gator Bowl and said, what time do we need to be there? Right. Well, I'm saying, sorry, I'm saying if Arkansas State's opponent had to cancel and Arkansas State was looking for an opponent. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I don't I don't know Tom Bowen. The, the guy who was the AD that I worked under who was the AD there for nine years, a guy named Terry Mahodger, he's the AD at UCF now. Right. Um, 
but it's a guy named Tom Bowen who had been at Memphis. I, I know this. The guy that I worked with, Terry would be – if he had to, he would get in an airplane and fly places to recruit a team to play well, again. And Wake, he wouldn't have missed the game. Wake Forest is looking to go 11 wins. Yeah. I mean, this is one of their – and who's the AD at Wake Forest? <laughs> John Curry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, this – what happens here will be one of the more fascinating case studies mm-hmm. that we've ever seen. You go to the highest APR five and seven team and pack those rascals up. And like Blaine said, they're home. They're gone. They've been home for two weeks because they weren't going to play a game. You have to Avengers assemble. You got the news team assemble. Mm-hmm. All your your position coaches is on the phone right now. Hey man, Hexen, can you get back here? Right now. <laughs> hey man, where are you, Turks and Caicos? Y'all got, y'all got any flights? Hey man, pack your bags. You just look like the college students got big money, man. Turks and Caicos, man. Man, I'm at the lake, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, fishing, I'm, I'm, man. At, I'm at the lake. Hey man, get in your car and drive back from the lake. All right, we got to drive out of this. This is fan. This is fantastic. Whatever happens is going to be a great case study. Uh, let's case study the Titans' rush game, though. Let's make a house call to the doctor. Dr. Rush. Chuck Smith going to join us next right here. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Should be on here in just a minute with Chuck Smith, a.k.a. Dr. Rush, the Vol for Life and the former Falcons All-Pro pass rusher. Always good to check in with him and, and, and get some perspective on what he's seeing pass rush-wise with the Titans. Heck, we can ask him about this other Bosa brother that's terrorizing the league and draft picks. It is fascinating to hear that man talk about his craft, Blaine, because it's like listening to me talk about, you know, food. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you are going to go with that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, he's, man, you know what's so funny? Right now, during this time, with the, the way that the league has changed and all the passing, you know, the Dr. Rush and Chuck uh, Smith's system of how to rush the passer is more, uh, you know, evident that, you know, you need some skilled guys uh, teaching, you know, his techniques. Uh, right now, we got Dr. Rush right now, right? Yes, sir. We, we got, got him. him. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Vol for Life, Chuck Smith, the uh, the great one, uh, an NFL player, and now has the Chuck Smith system. I guess let's kind of lead in what I was just talking about, Chuck, and that is uh, kind of take us through how this game has changed the NFL and has evolved and really having great pass rushers is really going to impact the game in general every night because of all the passing. Well, I appreciate y'all having me here, and I always got to say go big on. Shout out to all the Tennessee fans out there, man. I'm excited about the bowl game. Yep. <laughs> but, um, but, but now, Blaine, you make a good point. The more importance on the passing game has become more of an evolution of pass rushers have become more effective. Because, Blaine, when me and you played, think about this. When Javon Curse was playing with the Titans, he was a big, big-name guy, but his name wasn't bigger than Eddie George. He wasn't bigger than the quarterback or some of the receivers mm. because the importance at that time was built around what? Running, running the ball. The football. Mm-hmm. But now with the implementation of quarterbacks are throwing it 40, 50 times, teams run for toughness. They throw for points. So now if you got a Javon Curse right now, Javon Curse on your team, what he did back in those days, he's the biggest – probably next to the quarterback will be the biggest, most talked-about guy on a team. Because people are throwing, 
So now you got to look at the evolution of the pass rushers. They're basketball players. A lot of the guys who rush the passer now were basketball players, athletes. So now, man, with the implementation, so many guys throwing the ball, pass rush has become the second most important skill next to a quarterback that can read read uh, defenses and throw and make produ- and have great production at the quarterback position. Yeah. What would you say is the key components you have to have to be a great pass rusher? And when I say that, I'm and, you know the Titans play the you know the Forty ers and they have Bosa and I remember him running at the combine and he he I think he ran like a four seven or four eight. It wasn't something yeah, very yeah. fast. So kind of go into them, make a nation of what makes a great pass rusher, uh, whether it be their start or their hand. Just kind of go through all of that and kind of explain to us novice, uh, you know people who uh, don't understand what it takes to be a great pass rusher? Well, number one, to be a great pass rusher, you got to have what I call a mental mind frame of wanting to be a dog and get after it. Most of the pass rushers, they're not the kind of guys that are soft and tiptoeing around. Aaron Donald is not a nice guy. Nick Bosa, when he when he's on the field, he's not trying to give hugs and really pass around a lot of T-shirts. <laughs> so outside of that, you got to have a dog mentality, and you got to have somewhat of a selfish mentality, meaning – you're going to be different because everybody mentally is not built to be a pass rusher. Because think about it like this. The great pass rushers have signature pass rush moves that they develop and become consistent and have success with them over time. Now, the guys who don't have success are the guys who, what, mentally they're not able to transition from what they do in practice or training on the field. Because, look, Aaron Donald, let's just look at Aaron Donald from last night. He was using long arms. He was using side scissors. He was using all kinds of moves. But why isn't everybody doing that? So a lot of it has to do with mental, and it has to do with technique. So if you're not mentally strong enough to be disciplined and use the pass rush signature move techniques that have success, you're not going to be a good pass rusher. Mm. Well, talk about, let's say, Bosa then, you know, in case because naturally both of the, the Bosa brothers are really good pass rushers. What makes those guys so unique? And you can even kind of go into maybe Arden Key or a guy that you've trained and some other guys for the 49ers and kind of talk about what they do. Well, first and foremost, Bosa has a high pass rush IQ. It started, now remember, Bosa's dad was a defensive lineman. So in high school, Nick and Joey, they always worked on pass rush moves. So you go from high school, you go to Ohio State, you get Coach Johnson, one of the best pass rush coaches, D-line coaches in America. He teaches guys to use side scissors swipes with your hands. He always teaches them to use a rip, be violent. And he teaches them to have a pass rush plan. So when you go against the Bosa's, this isn't, this isn't like it used to be in the old days or even actually in the modern times. Some coaches still say, just bull rush. We just need push. Pressures are better than getting – guys who say that coaches don't get sacked. So those guys have a mentality, I'm going to use my moves. And when you look at Nick Bosa, he's not just trying to bull rush every time. He's going to use the long arm. He'll use the head fake. He'll do all kinds of different movements to set up the tackle. And that will be the great challenge for the Titans this week because there's nobody on that roster going to block him man-to-man. Sorry, they can be. I hope they're listening. I hope the Titans are listening. Y'all might want to slide protection to put a chip block on him or he'll make your day miserable. But on the other end of the spectrum, Arden Key. Great pass rusher out of LSU, went to the Raiders, struggled. They let him go. But what's an interesting story about Arden Key, he's now using side scissors. But give them a lot of credit. Give the, give the, the, the San Francisco 49ers a lot of credit. They moved him from defensive end inside. Arden Key's going to use a side scissors swipe almost every time. So, but the point is, he's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep throwing and throwing and throwing it 
and he'll have success. But what the guys who what he wasn't doing when he was with the Raiders, he wasn't using those techniques. So no, this is what DJ Jones and, and some of the other guys they got uh, Jones coming up. You know, it's going to be a fun matchup. These these guys that they're really good and they're they're all right now sky high off of what they've been doing lately. Well, I got to ask you one more question. I know you talked about the pass rush, but let, let's kind of go to the offensive side of the ball with the 49ers and talk about their run game and what you have to do to that Shanahan, whether it was his father or himself, like back in our day was Terrell Davis in that running game. How do you approach that? What do they do to you? And then how do you approach to stop it from a defensive standpoint? Well, number one, the Titans to stop it, they got to get penetration and knock blocks back. Because a lot of times, this is what Kyle Shanahan likes to do. I mean, listen, he likes to use Debo Samuel as a runner. But listen, most of this comes from out of 11 personnel. There's one running back, one tight end, three receivers. Now, it allows the 49ers to use a running back like Kyle Jusek, the fullback, in an old-school way where they're going to be running ISO plays. Samuel has the option to, to stay outside, stay inside. You know, a lot of O-line zone blocks. And look, this is an offensive line. Listen, they, they want to have athletic players. They want to be able to find space to operate. Then they're going to run the ball. Then remember now, they want to control the clock to keep the defense honest with a lot of play-action pass. You know, they got some crafty old linemen, some OGs. They got some young guys. But the Titans definitely, it's all about penetration and controlling those blocks. And very important, the backside defensive end and defensive tackle because the Niners like to cut back with Jeff Wilson. And Debo doesn't really cut back. He don't really want to mix it up inside. But Jeff Wilson and even the fullback against Atlanta scored touchdowns. This is a team you got to control the line, but it's not going to be where you're going to be able to just fire off and just sit your butt down traditionally like you do in some of the power runs and isos. They're going to have to have quick twitch. Backside's going to play the cut block, but they're going to have to form a wall because, listen, the Niners, the Niners, when they got their mojo back, this is when you started seeing their identity. Was it on Monday Night Football, I think, or Thursday when they beat up the Rams? Mm-hmm. They beat up the Rams. They ran the ball down their throat, and the, the game's going to be won on the O-line, D-line. Everybody's seeing it now. You got a good offensive line, you're going to have a chance to win, good defensive line. And the Niners right now on both sides of the ball, they're solid. They're playing as good as anyone. Mm. We're on with Dr. Rush, <laughs> Chuck Smith, and Chuck Smith Systems. So, Chuck, hey, by the way, belated happy birthday, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yesterday, yes, yesterday yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. I appreciate that. You know, 52, you know, trying to trying to stay uh, young, like good-looking old Blaine Bishop in there with, you know, got the <laughs> nice curly hair. I'm trying to keep my curly hair like Blaine, man, looking good and young. Yeah, I got to use those juices and berries, man. I'm squeezing <laughs> them every day. I like Prince Hakeem. <laughs> um, so, let me ask you this. Titans fans watch their with no with no King Derrick Henry. They're seeing this team rush for two hundred yards and throw for you know a hundred. Why does the Titans' offensive line seem to have so much success run blocking and almost no success pass blocking, no matter what they try? <laughs> well, I think it's what you, what you do in the draft. I think when you look at the Titans' draft, they were built to run the ball, and at the time, remember they they weren't a team that had three, four. You know, they didn't have a plethora of great wide receivers at the time. So when this team was originally built, they were building, building around Derrick Henry. So to me, you got to, your identity is who you are. And the Titans say, hey, we're going to hit you in the mouth. We're going to run the ball. We're going to go play action pass, and we're going to throw the ball. But also, in all fairness to the offensive line, they've struggled in pass protection. But, you know, your quarterback is not Aaron Rodgers. You know, you don't have uh, – 
you know, a Pro Bowl type of quarterback week in and week out. Not saying he's not that guy week in and week out. So a lot of these great quarterbacks, they do a lot with a little, you know. But, you know, I think one of the great challenges is you got to be who you are. And I like the fact that look at the Titans. They're in the mix these last couple of years. They do that you are who you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. Who cares about numbers? All that's happening for the Titans is winning. So I give that organization a lot of credit. And it might not be sexy for the fans, but all that matters is winning. And if you run the ball and throw the ball, protect, if they can continue to be, you know, competent, you know, in pass protection, they'll be fine. But Titans, keep running, keep running. And then you then go in the draft, start adding pieces to the offense. And so there's some still work to be done, in my opinion, to win a championship. But right now, just keep doing what you're doing because it's working. On the defensive side, last year they had 19 sacks for the whole season after they got three in the final week of the year to even get to that 19. Uh, this year at 35 uh, with, what, three games left to play, are you seeing something different? And I know we can talk about individuals, Harold Landry or Big Jeff or the different guys, but just overall scheme-wise, are you seeing more of a pass rush plan by this team or how have they increased those numbers, Chuck? Well, I think first and foremost, the young guys are growing up. Everybody doesn't have success overnight. And I just mentioned Javon Curse. I think he was, what, rookie of the year, Blaine came uh -huh, in, yeah, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. You know, so what we've gotten, when you see that kind of success and some of these younger guys who've had success in their first years, everybody wants instant success. So one of my things is, has also been enlightening the fans too. There's a process. And there's also a process for the assistant coaches. So what I see is the work is being put in. And give the Titans a lot of credit for their scheme, they're letting these guys get a chance because they've proven they can win one-on-one. -on -one. The last couple of years, they've been, you know, been over-heavy blitzing. They still send pressure. But when you got, you know, a guy like, to me, a centerpiece, Jeff Simmons, who's having a pro bowler, and congratulations to him, he deserves it. When you got to double him and you got Harold Landry when he's at his best and healthy coming off the edge, and you got, I'm telling you, the Autry kid, one of the pickups, one of the best pickups in the offseason. I'm just yeah. telling you, the kid comes mm -hmm. in there, he's bringing the heat. Every time I watch this kid, he's creating havoc out there. So it all works together, but the Titans have done a good job. If you can't get pressure with individual one-on-ones, then you got to pressure. But now they've got guys that can win one-on-one, so they're, they're evolving to what the personnel has shown they can do. So kudos to the Titans for now. You're gonna, I got guys who can win one-on-ones, let's do it. But they do a good mixture of pressure mixing uh one-on-ones uh they do a good job and these young boys hopefully they all stay healthy bud dupree gets 100 percent as healthy as he can and uh they're gonna be a hard team to handle got chuck smith on with us a man known as dr rush he's on twitter you can follow him there at chuck smith nfl vol for life falcons all pro got a fantastic resume mm. well chuck you were talking about the running game for the 49ers how much do you uh i guess look at the tight ends and kittles blocking with their their tackles, I think, was Trent Williams and the guard, too, as well, I mean, with the way they run the football. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, the guys I just spoke on, they will be tested. George Kittle is one of the best blocking tight ends in NFL history. He finishes through the play. He will lift you off the ground. He gets nasty. He holds. He does whatever you have to do. And to me, when you look at what he's doing right now and you throw in, like, Alex Mack, former Falcon. Man, he's playing at a really high level at center. And that what earlier in the year they were having issues, you know, with protection and all those things. Alex Mack has really solidified that. And Trent Williams, no matter who left tackle Trent Williams goes against, it's a tough matchup. It just is what it is, guys. And 
you know, Tom Compton, he's at the right tackle. He's solid. I watched him last week. Did a good job on Grady Jarrett for the Falcons. You know, Grady can play. But Tomlinson, I'm going to tell you, at the left guard, he's one of the best in the league. And to me, he should be considered for a Pro Bowl. For the Pro Bowl, I'm not sure if he's going to make it. But listen, the combo – listen, this is something to watch for all the Titan fans. The combo double-team blocks with Trent Williams and, and Tomlinson, the left guard, they are what – that is the epicenter of the running game for the Niners. They'll be blocking. It'll probably be Jeff. I'm not sure who the, whoever's in that three technique on the left, on that right side for the Titans, but left side for the Niners. Their double-team combo blocks, they take you to the back. They, they lay you down. This is a physical team, guys. And that right guard, the kid Brunskill, he, he's the weak link, in my opinion. He was a former tight end. When I studied these guys last week for the Falcons, he's the weak link. And they, the, the Titans have a good advantage on him. I'd love to see Jeff Simmons get a lot of one-on-ones or opportunities on him. But uh, this is a tough offensive line, no question. Their, their confidence is really high. Mm, and the defense for the Titans has been playing very well, and uh, they really dominated the Steelers last week. So that's going to be a matchup to watch. When you watch Bud Dupree compared to last year, let's say, when he's with the Steelers, do you see him starting to come back to form now? It's been a, in a, a year now to date since he tore his ACL. It's December sometime, and uh, he's starting to look better. I know he had three weeks off and he strained his abdomen, but do you start to see signs of the old Bud Dupree, or do you see any difference between last year and this year? Well, I think he's still coming back from his injury. I don't think we'll see the full Bud Dupree until the 2022 season. I know Titan fans might want to hear that, but the, Bud du- the craftiness of the Bud Dupree that you saw this past weekend is one that can and will have success. And I think in situations when you can get Bud in there, when it's clearly a, a pass, you know, Bud has always been great on the run. But I just think it's one of those things, Blaine, coming back, you know, getting implement- implemented back into just playing ball, I think he'll be fine. But definitely he's not the same Bud Dupree, and that's just physically because of an injury I just don't believe you can be right back where you are. But nonetheless, as I watched him, I mean, he was winning rushes, getting after it, showing burst. But I definitely think he's a lot better and a lot better position to have success than he did, you know, during the early part of the season. And I expect Bud to, you know, when you got a Jeff Simmons and you got some of these Autrium, I mean, it helps. I mean, you got guys that can go, so all the pressure's not on Bud. But I'm excited to see how he finishes I want to ask you one question that has to do with the Falcons. I know Mickey's still going to talk about the Titans real quick, but that is what are your thoughts on Arthur Smith and the job he's doing there in Atlanta with not a lot of pieces to the puzzle that uh, he probably needs to have success, and he's doing somewhat a decent job, you think? I I think Arthur is doing a a great job. He came to an organization that is at rock bottom. It's a rebuild. The organizations keep coming out and saying, well, it's not a rebuild. Well, it's a rebuild. They don't have a number one receiver. The number, the best receiver on the team is a tight end that's a rookie. Uh, the offensive linemen, that they, they have three first-rounders on the O-line that haven't lived up the expectations. Matt Ryan's one of the, the most beat-up quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he looks like he, – he, every week it looks like he went against Goldberg at WWE. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, our best – look, our best running back is Cordell Patterson. Uh, wow. Mike Davis is just a guy. So when you look at it in the defense, they have nothing. You know, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov absolutely destroyed the organization. They made, uh, they drafted players on, you know, I guess really potential, and but and it didn't, it wasn't realized. Arthur Smith inherited a terrible cap. Listen, 
you can't have come into a worse situation than what Arthur Smith has come into. He's done a good job. He's kind of leveled leveled out the expectations, saying, hey, I'm going out and we're going to expect him to win. But behind closed doors, he's got a tough job. But I think Arthur's done a good job for the Atlanta Falcons, and the future is bright with him in the, in, in the, in the future. Chuck Smith, our guest. Hey, Chuck, on the way out, Harold Landry obviously having a career year. It just so happens to be yeah. a contract year. What has been behind him having more success year this year than he ever has? Do you think he can sustain it? And if you're the Titans, do you try to hang on to this dude? You have no other option. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure somebody at the Titans said, yeah, I have it. Yeah, we have it. No, you don't. You've been waiting for a decade. You've drafted guy. You've been thirsting for a pass rusher you got. You drafted and developed. Not a free agent guy. You got him there. He's a he's become a double digit sacker. When you become a ten sack guy, that's a that's a unique category that you're in because everybody can't get there. They got a ten sack guy. You got him. You got a guy who goes with him in Jeff Simmons. Uh, you got Autry in there. Bud's going to eventually find his way. But you got to sign Harold Landry back. And to me, when I watch Harold, he's using long arms. He's using goats. He's using moves. So that tells me mentally he's locked in. He has the ability to not only have the athletic ability he has, but when he has the moves. He does it on game day. And if they were to let him go, we'll take him now. Atlanta, let him go. I hope we got the cash cap. Go and let him go. I'd love to have him in Atlanta, but there's no way you can let him go. He has to get tagged because um, what you're going to do, wait around and hope. So I think the Titans history basically kind of backs him against the wall a little bit. He's your guy. You got him. He's your baby. You know what I'm saying? And you got to believe in your draft process. You're going to have to pay the man or give him the, the, whatever the tender is and bring him back or let him go. And I'm sure there will be at least 28, 29 other teams calling for a 10-sack guy. How is he even 25 yet? <laughs> yeah, man, he's somewhere around Yeah, there. right around 25. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah. Appreciate everything, Chuck. But where can everybody go find information? Cause I know you've also, you know, evolved your, your Chuck Smith system and pass rushing, even for NFL players throughout the season. You know, so where can everybody go get information? Well, they can go to chucksmithtraining.com, or you can find – on any platforms, put in hashtag Dr. Rush. Hashtag Dr. Rush on Twitter, uh, Instagram, any of that stuff, and you'll just see a lot about what I do. And, you know, I'm looking forward to coming up this year to Nashville and doing, you know, the Chuck Smith pass rush, big on big battle with my guy Blaine Bishop. I want to do it at this radio station, and here's how it's going to happen. I'm hoping y'all program directors listening. We're going to get together. <laughs> The best offensive lineman and defensive lineman in the state of Tennessee. The best from everywhere, east, west, north, south. And we're going to do the big man battle of Tennessee. I want y'all to be my radio partner. It'll be one of the biggest events of the year for your radio station. Because, listen, high school football and those big man battles, it is king. So I'm hoping we can put that together. Y'all shout out to the PD. Let's get on the horn. Let's talk and put some business, get some sponsors, and let's get some uh, visibility for the Tennessee. <laughs> the the well, we will do that. We'll make sure we'll talk to the PD as well as Lucas, man. <laughs> on that, man. Appreciate it, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, All right, man. Know. Take care, bro. Chuck Smith. <laughs> take a quick break. We'll be right back. Blade and Mickey.
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. So Chuck Smith was just on with us, Dr. Rush. <laughs> Boy, I, I can't wait to see when this date is where we're going to have this, uh, this pass for us, uh, you know, bigs Summit, on bigs. Big on bigs. Yeah. Everybody Ooh. else talking about seven on seven, like littles on littles. Chuck's yeah. like, no, no, no. I'm buying the best bigs. Right. Offense, but, defense. But, but, but that's why it's becoming such a big deal, even on the offensive line. Man, that's it's a skill, man. These guys are skilled now. It, it's amazing how much I it's amazing how much everything about football has changed over the last couple of decades. Yeah. Running backs used to be first-round picks. You know, everybody, gosh, if there was a great running back, you're going to draft that guy in the top five, one, two, three. Now, you might see one running back go in the first round. That part's changed. Most people couldn't even name the 49ers starting running back. Right. I, I can name him because, well, the start. I only can name him because I went and looked him up. I, can I knew name, his number, but I had no idea where he went to school. Oh, any of that. I can. Well, name. I know you guys. You he went. To, he yes. ran all yeah. over in Nar- Texas. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he's at Louisiana. He's a normal starter. He's Wait. been hurt. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm talking about Jeff Wilson. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had to look up Jeff Wilson to see who was carrying the ball. Now, yeah, so it's uh, it, it shows you that they you kind of use you know just good solid running backs, and now uh, to your point, it doesn't have to be a superstar running back. The superstars are coming at the the quarterback position, the receiver position, the skill guys. The offensive tackles have kind of always been implemented, but now you know offensive line knowing how to pass protect has become big, and that's why all the you know colleges are you know passing the ball. And then now you are teaching them how to run block, which is crazy. It's kind of shifted. Like oh man, he's been in a two point stand his own career, you know, entire career. Yeah, three point, go plow him over, right? And that's kind of leads us to what Vrabel has built his team on is because he feels like he's going against the trend because now everybody's building their defenses to stop the pass and you get these, you know, five eleven linebackers and you say, well, we'll run right at those guys. Our running back's going to be bigger than them. Mm-hmm. And you control the clock and you control the game in the trenches. Well, they've sure controlled the clock lately. They just... This is going to be an interesting battle because the 49ers defense and offensive line are really good. Yeah. I mean, Trent Williams, I mean, he said that Trent Williams and the, the guard, uh, the best, you know, guard tackle combo in the NFL. I'm like, whoa. Uh-oh. Yeah. And he said it's going to be a heck of a match where this Archery Simmons versus, you know, with Dupree and, and Landry. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be who's going who's gonna to win more punches here. Yeah, because we know the Titans defense is – well, they they are the real deal. So it's, this was going to be a good one in the trench because everything about the 49ers offense is built around their running game. When they can't run the ball real well, then Garoppolo becomes just an average, below average type quarterback. I'd written that into my notes for today. Like, okay, we've got to talk about this either today or tomorrow. Is Literally, both of these teams have the same game plan. Make the other team throw it. And, and, and unfortunately, the other team has George Kittle if they decide to throw it. And Chuck Smith was just on and said, he may be the best, best blocking tight end in all of football. I mean, that was crazy for me to hear. He said he is nasty. Yeah. He'll hold. Holds. He'll, he'll take you to the ground. Yeah. Like, Finishes blocks. And, he, and he's also a great receiving, one of the top receiving tight ends. So, man. Ooh. Oh, man. That, that, that man. I, I think I'm going to have to go to the chiropractor right now. Get adjusted, man. That doesn't sound good. Really, the the mystery about this 49ers team, more than anything, why was it so bad to start the year? 
Why did it take them so long to get the formula cooked together, you know? Because if you start looking at their guys, they got a top four pass rusher. And they got a, a, they a top three tight end. He's top three, maybe top two. Top five, middle linebacker, maybe Warner. That dude getting is top a, five money. He's a holy terror is what that guy is. You get a chance to ask him about him. Yeah. you got Chuck talking about how good their offensive line is, how good their defensive line is. And the Falcons played him twice a year, so he studies them and talks about them a lot. That's yep. why we had him on. Uh, and, man, this is going to – Arden Key was talking about they moved him from outside with the Raiders to inside a tackle, uh, de-tackle for, for them, and he's done a heck of a job there. So it's it's going to be a heck of a battle. I can't wait. Then let alone they have Debo Samuel, Ayuk, uh, uh, and, and, and yours truly, Jawan Jennings from here, who brings – we all know on. how nasty and tough he is. And I've still seen him burying people, blocking them, downfield yeah i was like oh my god he's still doing the same stuff he was doing in college he plays that guy plays mad oh like, he, I'm, I'm about to hurt somebody well, well he's a dog he, yeah. he's he's a dog that's, that's it. it yeah i mean you know they, everybody every time they try to go test him and everything else he doesn't do anything spectacular oh he's not fast he can't jump out guess what he does you go turn on that tape you go oh man this dude could play see that's what i'm saying you sometimes the measurements don't add up every time somebody's running oh he runs a four seven yeah four six eight Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, when he gets the ball in his hand, he's sure running away from people. <laughs> what? Hey, there's something wrong with your clock. <laughs> the, clock the only clock I'm watching is the one when he gets on the field right. and he's playing in his equipment, and then I see him just burying people. Uh, so they got two guys, uh, you know, uh, uh, was it Sheffield, uh, the receiver from Vanderbilt's on their team as well. Uh, the uh, I think he's injured. The kid from uh, Middle is on their team as well. Oh, Cunningham. No, no, not Cunningham. Oh, they had Richie Cunningham. That's who I was thinking. Oh, yeah. No, uh, his last name is Richie, I think. He was 13 at middle. Mm-hmm. I forgot his name, but he's. I think he's injured. He returns punts sometimes. Oh, uh, Richie uh, James. Yeah, Richie James. Yeah, sorry. Richie too. Cunningham was on Happy Days. I don't know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get myself together. Uh, I'm flashing back to 70 oh, sitcoms. Good, Let alone Rick James. Or how, do you pro- how do you pronounce the fullback's name? They use him kind of interesting, too. Oh, he's he's positionless. You said, yeah. He he is man. I I would put him. He's a Pro Bowl type fullback, H back. He's a move guy. Uh, I was watching a lot. They do a lot of motioning uh, with him. So he's kind of a, a guy I would study for keys to give me tips on uh, what they're doing. I, I would say he, he's a vital part of that offense. Let alone Debo Samuels and a you can. Yeah, they got they got some dudes, man. Let's get into this a uh, little bit more on the other side. Hour number two coming up, including uh, a visit from Jordan Najani with all the latest NFL headlines. There's been a bowl game that's canceled. We'll tell you all about it next, including uh, the rest of our headlines. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Joined now by my good friend, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. Listen, there are people out there who would love to have a home, but they say, man, I just don't have money for the down payment. Well, guess what? There's good news for those people, too. Absolutely. You know, a lot of folks out there still think you need that 20% or 10% or 5% down payment to buy a home. That is not correct. At thehomeloanexpert.com, you can buy a house with no money down, zero money down, like legit have zero dollars to put down and still be able to qualify and buy the home of your dreams. We have all different types of loan programs for folks 
but are no money down or zero money down is awesome. Legit. Maybe you're renting right now. You're thinking one of these days I'm going to buy a house, but I just haven't been able to save up enough money. Right now is your shot. A $0 down loan only available at thehomeloanexpert.com. Mortgage rates on the twos. Don't miss your chance. Get pre-approved for your new home purchase today at thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, The Home Loan Expert is a Tennessee residential mortgage.